Hi. Hi. And welcome to Cutscenes and Cupcakes, the podcast. I'm Marley, and we I'm, have... I'm Steph. Aren't we supposed to introduce the, the rest of us? <laughs> no, we're not important. Oh, Do you okay. know who is important? This one. We've oh, got I, Josh. I, I, you, you honor me. You Stop lying to them. It's You're getting their hopes up, and I'm going to dash them in like 30 seconds. No way. No, we are so <laughs> to have you on our podcast. Yes. Thank so you for also, inviting me on. We also have Lindsay. Hey. And then we're going to let Josh introduce himself. So we have a special guest. Hello. Uh, my name is Josh. I'm the host of the Still Loading Podcast, and I'm here to talk about Ghost of Tsushima. Yay! Yay! We're it's also amazing. here to talk about Ghost of Tsushima. What, what a coincidence. coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> Who arranged this? Fancy seeing you here. I don't you know. Come to, you come to this stream often? <laughs> Too often. <laughs> Did you guys like our new intro video? It was like sad for two seconds because you can't see us dancing, but really, I don't know. I was not sad about that part. <laughs> oh, I was dancing That's the whole okay. time. I was too. You kind of, it's hard not to. It's very catchy. I think at one point, uh, Stolen Droids like maybe mentioned, like, maybe we could get you like a new theme song, and all of us are like, no. No. No, it's, we like sorry, it's perfect. Are you kidding me? Why would you change it? it? We love it. <laughs> Oh, well, well yeah, Steph, we're what, so, what, what do you have to say, Steph? I was going to say, this is our 100th episode. I can make a we are talking. so excited that it's our 100th episode. <laughs> I honestly don't know why you picked me for your 100th episode, but oh. I, will, I will take the compliment. Yay. Again, so humble. <laughs> Yay. We And we wanted to talk about a cool-ass game. And we knew that Shishima is a cool-ass game. Spoiler alert. It's cool. It's a great game. I... I I was so surprised by this because I played this this so right before uh, I have a new dad. My I have a kid that's six months old, and right before my daughter was born, I only had I got this game for Christmas, and I got uh, Last of Us two for Christmas, and I had to binge play them before my kid was born because oh, I knew yeah. I was not going to have time. So I went through like all sixty plus hours of this game in like a week and a half or something like that. Well, while still working my full-time job and everything, I just like plowed through it. Um, and I still have not stopped thinking about it ever since. Oh, wow. it's so, I know I was talking to a friend and uh, she was talking about how her husband's been playing PlayStation games. She, he's borrowing a PlayStation. And I'm like, well, has he played Shishima yet? And she's like, no, but he played Sekiro. And I'm like, okay, not the wrong same. game. It's a little different. <laughs> Sekiro is great. I mean, I've watched people play. Yes, Shadows Die. I've watched people play Sekiro. I haven't played myself, but Shishima and Sek- not not this. They're game. very very different. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I know. I I was I was um I was hesitant about Ghost of Tsushima at first, but then when I found out that they had some online play, it drew me to it, and I played a little bit of online play with some friends. But then I ended up just like enjoying the um the the game the the story and and i just like i I couldn't stop playing it was so much fun and i actually did side missions which i don't normally do in games i usually just stick to the main yeah oh i didn't platinum i don't really care about that personally (laughs) i kind of want to (laughs) it's an easy platinum compared to other games oh for sure but yeah it was just fun to just explore the world and find all the foxes and find all of the uh um 
I can't even remember what they're all called, but like the, um, I don't know. There's just so many treasures in this game. In fact, we played the first like 10 minutes, the big ass battle at the beginning um, last fall when we were doing a group hangout mm-hmm. and Marley just talked through the entire thing and was really <laughs> pissing off my husband. <laughs> she's I made up. Is she's making up. She made up for it. We're good. Yes, now. Girl. Hey, but we did just real quick. We did do a first impressions episode. So if you want to know oh, yeah. what we said from our first impressions to now, um, to now, um, Go check that out. I actually had to go listen to that again. Like it was a while ago, like like a couple months ago, like after I finished the game and I was like, oh man, I was, I was so wrong. Like, I'm so (laughs) glad I actually played this game and got to enjoy it and learn about it. (laughs) Well, it's a good thing we're doing it again or doing a, yeah. Doing it properly. Yes. Um, Um, Can I give some info about the game? No, because I have a couple other announcements first. No. Yes. Okay, fine. We're just so excited. (laughs) Okay. As of today, the release date, Marley's birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday, birthday, Marley. Tomorrow, but yesterday was the release. Don't tell when we actually record. (laughs) Time's a mystery. Marley is turning 30. (laughs) Stop. Don't tell them that. 30. Marley, you're the youngest one here, I'm pretty sure. Josh, I don't know how old you are. I'm 32. Perfect. I am the youngest. (laughs) You're a baby, Marley. You have nothing to be embarrassed about. You don't know the woes of back pain yet. I'm just a man child. (laughs) Yes, I do. I'm telling you, the week I turned 30, I yawned and pulled a muscle in my neck, and it's just like the universe being like, hey, bitch, you're old. Good morning. I legit, the year I turned 28, all of a sudden, I was just like, oh, wow, I actually have to stretch when I get up in the morning. And then when I turned 30, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't skip a day of stretching when I get up in the morning. And now at 32, I'm actually going to see a chiropractor my back's actually fine but i would start noticing like i've kept feeling the need to crack my neck all the time and that's not good so i i I started going to see a chiropractor i'm like oh son of a i'm i'm so old now (laughs) i i probably since i've been like 27 or 28 i've had to take um glucosamine supplements to help with my joints so (laughs) yay (laughs) oh yesterday we all well not marley she was um busy dealing with some homeowner drama which is adult in and of itself but we had to talk about the housing market and we're like oh my gosh like did that just happen (laughs) it's awful it's super awful. Mm. Anyways, tangents galore. <laughs> yeah, being a grown up is fun. Any other I... announcements? Sorry. Yes. Uh, so one. we on Thursday, so tomorrow of the release date, we will be announcing our giveaway for our 100th episode. Yay! We're going to be giving away a cute little, fun little 3D Mario print. Um, so. Uh, check out our social medias to see a picture of that and then it'll probably be a week or two giveaway so we'll announce it on the social medias check out yeah just make sure to keep up on our social media how many times can i say social media in one minute I and, can, I bet follow on our social media. <laughs> and josh you are welcome to uh, enter this giveaway we will oh, exclude cool. you from it so oh, thank you <laughs> and then our last um announcement Good lord i forgot the word announcement um <laughs> is we are getting so we'll we oh. are going to go on break after this episode there's a bunch of there's a bunch of 
going on the next few months. Busy, busy bees. <laughs> Including Marley and Lindsay's weddings. Whoa, uh, congratulations. Yes, thank you. The girls are getting married this year. Woohoo! Oh, I'm Yay. not wearing my engagement ring. I figured the seven years and stopped though. wearing my ring. I'm wearing my silicone ring because I went to the gym just a little bit ago. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, so yeah, we're gonna go on a little bit of a break, take care of some personal life stuff. But we are probably we're gonna continue to stream. So, and we're going to get some custom emotes. So be sure to check out our stream and our social media for our streaming schedule. Um, and then, yeah, subscribe to us, um, get our announcements so that you can check us out, continue to play games yeah. with us. I think we're going to start playing some spooky games soon, which is um, always one of our favorite parts and times of the year. So, yes, um, and even though we're going, even though we're going on break, we will release a few episodes of spooky games in October. So definitely watch out for those. Yes. So yeah, a lot going on, but we will not be too far away. We'll also be really, um, I mean, I won't promise make any promises about how active we'll be on Facebook and Instagram, but we will be around in the vicinity of social media. Ing, <laughs> AKA we'll be alive. And like, <laughs> not off the grid totally, just kind of off the grid. I get notifications on my phone, so I'll see it. Will I respond? <laughs> that's a different question. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I think that's it as far as announcements go. There's so many awesome things happening. I love yeah. it. Oh, I guess another kind of random. We'll be at uh, Salt Lake Fanex. So if you are oh, coming yes. to Fanex, mm -hmm. we'll be doing a couple panels there. Um, hopefully we'll get a couple of the audio recordings too that we might be able to release as well. Can yeah, you tease what the panels are about or is that all top secret still? I think we can. Yeah. Gaming. Yeah. <laughs> Gaming. You gotta give you gotta give them a little teaser. Give them an incentive to show up, which they should. Uh, we'll be doing a reprise of our badass female video gamers, video game characters. Yes. 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 Female video game characters. And we'll also be doing a panel about female video game creators Ooh. yeah like like in real life like mm -hmm. yeah. women uh game in the women game, in the gaming in the, industry, industry. Yeah. which and i'm kind of stoked about to do a deep yeah. dive into women i just <laughs> <laughs> well, and then also we're we're going to do a panel about online gaming etiquette too so uh, I don't know if they'll put this on the like marquee or whatever, but in parentheses, it's don't be an asshole. Pretty much. <laughs> Our You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so, um, and then, yeah, we might pick up a couple random ones, but I think those are, are for sure that we're excited about. So yeah. yeah. Gaming related, of course. Yes. Cause we're the experts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> All well, right, Lindsay. Shall we dive in? We shall dive in. All right. I've got the um, professional information source open. <laughs> ah, the Wikipedia. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Much. Never mind. That joke. Much professional. <laughs> there you go. Such professional. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is a 2020 action adventure game developed by Sucker Punch Productions and published by Sony Inter Interactive Entertainment. Featuring, oh, there we go, featuring an open world, the player controls Jin Sakai, a samurai on a quest to protect Tsushima Island from the first Mongol invasion of Japan. 
This game was released for PlayStation 4 on July 17th, 2020, the height of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And a director's cut for PS5 will be released on August 20th, 2021. Um, so, yeah, I think this is one of those games. I'm just going to say first and foremost, I think the world needed it <laughs> when it came it out. It was a great time to release it. Like, what a perfect time to release such an immersive and long Long. game. Very (laughs) time-consuming, for sure. And not, like, not long for the sake of being long. Long for the sake of good content. Yes. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel too padded at all. Mm -hmm. What The first thing that stuck out to me when I was replaying it for this episode is the, the, the beginning section leading right up to the title card is freaking great game design because if you notice mm-hmm. like the, the the opening scene is you're storming a beach against the mongols right and that's really basic gameplay they're not really focusing on your combat they're not focusing on any of the stealth aspects you learn later on it's literally just here's the basics of movement here's your basic movement mechanics riding a horse is even on there and you also learn some basic combat mechanics um spoilers i guess for all of this right are we yeah there's spoilers? Oh, spoilers. Okay. um i mean it's in the beginning of the game so i don't know how much of a spoiler it actually is but like spoilers. <laughs> uh you're like the samurai pretty much lose and you're left for dead Jin's left for dead and he gets resuscitated by yuna who becomes a main character and the next scene is teaching you all the stealth mechanics because you're having to sneak through this mongol invaded town so the first two um set pieces are the basics of movement then the basics of stealth and then the final section shown in a flashback are the basics of combat where you go through like duels and other types of combat with your uncle uh and it's just really well done to give the player like all right here's everything you need to know in order to succeed at this game and obviously as you play you gain mastery of all the different mechanics but like when I was replaying, I'm like, wow, this is really economical. Like it just it just goes right through it and it does it in a way you don't even freaking notice. It's a it's right. all story based. It's great. It's yeah, it's an enjoyable way to learn the combat. Um and also like that first freaking scene, damn, like it's visually stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot going on and it's beautiful. A lot going and on, but you're also like, <laughs> like it's really pretty. <laughs> Do you ever yeah. just go on Twitter and see like Ghost of Tsushima artwork? Like people will take go into photo mode in the game and they'll post all their pictures. And there's like yes. competitions for Ghost of Tsushima photo mode. And some of these photo like photographs are stunning. I'm like, how do they? So good. And it, it, there's because there's so many different options. You can adjust like focal length and also like range of focus and stuff like that. And I'm not a photographer, so half of the terms mean nothing to me until I start tinkering with them. But like, it's incredible what people can do with it. Mm-hmm. Well, and even in that opening scene, so after um, after that whole part, like after Yuna has saved you and you're you're just riding your horse along and you're in that beautiful field of yellow, like it, I I don't is I think it's just leaves or brush well, it's or the white yes. pompous grass or something. It's it's like the white grass, yeah. but then what you're oh, talking the about, Marley, is there's a yellow oh, tree. Yeah, that's the, what I'm yeah. like. I'm just thinking, yeah, I'm just thinking yellow, but yes, and even just like you know, you're, you're traveling. Um, and that's still part of the game, but then it kind of switches over into this really cool cinematic, but you're still like controlling, um, Jin on his horse. And it's really cool. Like a way to introduce the, you know, the title of the game and the, and the, um, development team and everything. It's just kind of cool how you're just riding along, enjoying this beautiful view. And they're just like, 
Sucker Punch presents, you know, and it's just like, it's just stunning. You're just it's weeping a, in the background. Yes. because And the music yeah. is like so inspirational and like yes. in your face and you're just like, oh, wow. Like the hook is so good. What else does Sucker Punch make? They, I will look it up. <laughs> they have made the infamous series. They also make Sly Cooper. Um, those are the, their two big uh, claims to fame. I believe they also did a game for the N64 called Rocket Robot yes! and Wheels. Um, and it's so good. It was one of my favorite N64 games. about Rocket Robot. I do. I miss playing it. Like, I hear the music in my head sometimes, and it's like obnoxious carnival music. <laughs> but it makes me so happy. <laughs> Sucker Punch. I mean, it's a lot of the devs that we know now. I mean, obviously, you know, Naughty Dog started off with Crash Bandicoot, but Insomniac, surprisingly, you know, Marvel Spider Man and Ratchet hey, and Clank and everything. I'm wearing yeah. my Spider Man well, shirt. Wait, wait, there we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they did, they actually had a game on the PS1 prior to Spyro called Disruptor, and it was basically like their own version of Doom. Um, and apparently it was really good, but it kind of got buried with the other stuff at the time. So, uh, they got another chance, and they ended up doing Spyro, and obviously here they are now. Sorry, I, that's, that's a tangent. <laughs> no, I'm glad that you knew that, because I always ask what the um, devs make, and we all we usually have to look it up. <laughs> so I I love video game history. I'm but it's it's the reason I even do a podcast is so I don't bother my wife with all my random video game nonsense. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. But is some, your wife a gamer? No, no. <laughs> not even oh, in the slightest. Not a thing for her. I, I had her on for my Stardew Valley episode of the podcast, Aww. and that's actually one of my favorites because uh, it was just us. Because when we played the game together, it was right before our wedding. So it was that Aww. was our like stress relief. That's how we were able to kind of decompress when we're trying to plan our wedding. Um, but no, I had some quick fun facts after you brought up the 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 yellow forest, Marley, as well yeah. as the what was the other thing, as well as the game's title. So Ghost of Tsushima was apparently supposed to be a placeholder. It was the working title for the game, and they just couldn't find anything better. And I, I don't think, like, I can't picture a better name for this, you know? Yeah, but, I know. It's perfect. And then the second thing was with the with the golden forest and the, and the like, the big white field full of, like, li- I don't know, they're not lilies, but those white flowers. Um, They designed the game specifically to use color as landmarks. So that way you wouldn't have to have this big, expansive island. So while it wasn't necessarily realistic, it stuck out in the players' minds because it might, like you can picture exactly where that golden forest is on the map. Mm-hmm. You right. can picture exactly where that big white field is in the map. You can picture where, like, uh, I'm trying to even think farther up. Uh, I'm just blanking on it now, but you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, they have those different areas se- segmented out so that way you can... It, it sticks in your mind with all the different mm-hmm. vivid colors. It's beautiful. Do you oh, know how so there's nice. some bands that you can like, you listen to an album, you're like, oh, or you listen to a song, you're like, oh, it came from this album. It's very similar to Ghost of Tsushima. We're like, oh, this picture came from this region. I know exactly like, this is Osmo. This is, you know, like you can tell. And I, I will admit, I haven't made it to the last third of the island, the very top part. But, um, I was just amazed. Like I did a, I was just riding around doing like side quests and I was just like, Oh, I know exactly where I am based on the types of plants, the scenery, the forests. Um, and it was just really, yeah, it's so well designed in that regard. 
I I like the I like the variety of the landscape for sure. So like as you get farther and farther north, it gets colder, obviously. And even like when you're in the very far northlands, you will find that you get to some snowy landscapes. Mm-hmm. And there's actually some really cool um treasures up there that you can try to find and actually you have to like one there's one of them you have to like go really fast because you are um it's so cold that you have to you're talking about you have to you like have you have to like there's some campfires along the way and you have to like hurry and get to like a campfire and like warm up a little bit and then you hurry and go to the next one and do your parkour thing you know up the mountain and also Mm -hmm. you're dodging wolves that are like attacking you and like all this oh wow is it it wolves is it wolves am i thinking the right animal or is it bears or something anyways but it's just kind of cool to, um, and then you get to the top of the mountain and there's like this really beautiful area and you get this, uh, I can't even remember what was the prize. I'm like, so it's, um, on it. it's, it's the fire sword. It's the, it's oh, a flaming sword. I don't yes. know how oh, I, I want that. that. I yes. saw that in the like unlockable <laughs> mythic quests and I was like, I want to light people on fire. Okay. <laughs> that one. Yes. That one is so worth it. Lindsay. That's I actually, cool. I actually, sword. oh Yeah. <laughs> I actually had to, okay, I'll admit, I, I know some people don't like to do this, but I do this in games. I Google stuff to, so I can like find certain things. Um, or if I'm like stuck on a puzzle or I something. Like shame gamers. Oh, thank you. No, okay. though I've always argued, especially since we're all grown adults, we have such little free time. So like when you're stuck <laughs> on something and you can see, like you ever do, you ever you're ever in a game and you're like, I know what I need to do this, but I don't feel like spending four hours to do it. So I'm just going to look up a guide so I can get it in 20 minutes. I know what it's going to take for me to figure this out on my own. Yes. And I got stuff to do later today. I don't want to wait for this. Oh yeah. yeah. So I had to look up, I wanted that flaming sword and I even looked up some of the other like fun perks and like the even armor and you know, all those other things that you get to unlock. I like looked up where to find them. And if I wanted that specific thing, like I would go for it. Um, so I, I, I like the real quick. I just also wanted this popped into my head. I like how, yes, there is a main plot, you know, you you're again, back to colors. You are able to, when you open up your menu and you look at all the available missions, they're ordered by colors and that's actually really cool. So like the gold ones are all the ones that are the main story. And then there's white ones that are like side um, characters or there's like blue, you know, so it's just kind of cool how they do that. But I also like how, um, yes, you do have the main story that you can definitely just power through and keep going, but there's also these really cool um, character side missions that um, it's kind of just some fun little stories. And sure, you, there are some that you have to wait until you progress farther in the main story to continue. But for the most part, you can just kind of pick and choose and just go all over. You don't have to follow, you know, like the specific thing, um, which is kind of funny because I'm definitely the type of gamer who likes, like, I like, I like it very linear, I like the game to tell me where to go and what to do. But the the difference with Ghost of Tsushima is that they do tell you what to do. You know, even though you can do things a little out of order, you still have a nice list. (laughs) And I love lists. I love checking things off of a list, you know? So it's just like, I found that exploring in this game was actually really satisfying to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, isn't that what the new DLC they're releasing this month is? Is um, 
more map and more side quests and more. Oh, yay! Yeah. Is so it's a whole new island. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Um, and I gotta say though, real quick, that map that Marley's describing with the colors, clean. It is like so well designed. Like it's not cluttery and like, oh my gosh, there's five thousand things on here and I need one. You know, it's not like needle in a haystack. It's not like over simple where you're like, I don't know where to go. Like, I guess I'll just go to, you know, it's very clean and very like well designed. Well, and then thinking of like the different side missions and quests, like the trackers for that, the the UI design is absolutely genius because I mean, how often are you playing an open world game and you just see icons on the horizon where you're always like, all right, I guess I'm going there. I guess I'm going Mm -hmm. there. This one, you set your location and you can swipe up on the touchpad for the, the, literal winds of Tsushima and the winds will guide you. So it, it, the whole guidance of it is just immersing, immersing you, excuse me, immersing you further into the world of the game versus taking you out of it where, when you see an icon, that's what it would do. Like you see icons on the screen and it's just like, okay, you, you feel like you're in a game versus this. You feel more like you're in this world versus in the game of this world. It's yeah, really well like, done. The meters in each of the corners and then like your, your mini map at the top. So it's just like yeah. a cluttered screen. There's no care. HUD. Like yeah. unless you are equipping something or pulling up your weapon wheel or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, it's oh, it's I so and clean. I and I loved that about this game. It was so refreshing to have that, and and it also just made it so much. Um, it's just nice to be able to enjoy the scenery. You know, I actually I didn't really go into photo mode specifically to take screenshots. I just kind of just like got a good angle and took a screenshot. You know, and and you know I didn't have to go into photo mode necessarily, mm-hmm. which is just nice because yeah. It didn't have the HUD, so you didn't have to worry about that. <laughs> the game's just like I can't get over how good it looks. Like I and another thing, it's this is kind of a not the greatest transition, but can we just say how amazing the load times are on this thing? Right. Oh, I was thinking like, about that. I was like, it's what witchcraft? What what animal <laughs> did they have to sacrifice to Satan <laughs> for them to be able to? I don't understand it because yeah. uh, every oh, game now it's like like uh, Red Dead Two. Love that game, mm-hmm. but like load so times for that are like it's so long. And mm-hmm. I get it; it's a huge open world game, but so is Ghost of Tsushima. And like for some reason, that game just loads in like five seconds. I don't get it. I think I it's think, the oh. future of gaming. I think. I mean, they just pushed back. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn too. Mm-hmm. I heard about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think it's because people are getting used to the no load times, and so if you have to wait more than like five seconds, people are like, "What the? <laughs> Come on, stupid ass game!" We're so spoiled. We, I, we are because we came from the generation of like Oblivion and Skyrim, where like young Skyrim, like not remastered for the fiftieth time, Skyrim, where fridge. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's more now like, you know, I just remember those games and me like, oh, okay, you know, I'm going into this house because I accidentally came out of it. And so now I'm going to be punished with a two minute loading screen. I'm going to go to the bathroom, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> bathroom break. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because games didn't used to be like that. If you think about like cartridge based games, that's mm-hmm. one of the benefits of cartridge games. There was no load times on anything. So it just made it really smooth. That's one of the reasons why back when the N64 came out, Nintendo's decided to stay with the cartridges and it made them more money. But that's a tangent for another day. Um <laughs> But like uh, they, that's one of the their advertising things like, well, we have no load times because we're playing it off the cartridge versus PlayStation. It had to load data off the disc, so it took longer. Mm-hmm. But I can't believe we're getting to the point now where d- load times mean almost nothing or they hide it really well. A lot of times now loading screens are just hall- hallways or they hide it somewhere within the game so you don't notice it. Spider-Man. God Spider-Man of War. Really good load times. And God of War. <laughs> The only example that came up in my mind was the Mass Effect elevators, but that definitely doesn't count. No, that <laughs> I mean, it's a obvious one. I always think of um, in Bioshock, where like you would go down a hallway, and then all of a sudden uh, you'd be in another area. I mean, they still have loading screens between certain areas, but f- within the large areas, there's definitely like if you ever go down a long hallway in a game, nine nine out of ten times it's a loading screen. A loading screen. <laughs> Um, the combat to another, not yeah, the let's talk the about combat that. Is, I enjoyed it a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I also really like the aspect of it that it felt realistic where like you're fighting someone and you still get arrows coming at you. Mm-hmm. Where, Cause like, if you're in a war, it's not like the, your opponent is going to be like, Oh, let's, let's let him kill my, my friend first. And then I'll fight the guy. You're mm-hmm. still going to have the people. So it wasn't overly hard, but it was more realistic than some of these other games where it is like, stand back until you kill my other friend. I mean, they, they yell it out ahead of time. They're like, or whatever oh, they say. <laughs> like, oh my <laughs> yeah. God, there's, it's coming in. That's yeah. true. So you knew when to dodge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I have to admit, at the in the beginning of the game, I was really frustrated by the combat. Like, like the different stances and switching and knowing when to switch. And I, I was just really stubborn about it. And I was really frustrated. I was, I think I was taking on an enemy, um, an enemy camp and I just kept dying and it was so frustrating. And then I was just like, Oh, I think I, I can't remember. I might've been streaming it. So I think somebody gave me like a tip and said like, Oh, it's actually pretty easy to switch stances. You just do this and this, and then it's, you know, the stances, like switching them, depending on what enemy you're fighting is actually very, very beneficial. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I figured that out, oh my gosh, it was a game changer for me. For sure. You know, because it's true. Like I liked how they had the, the water and the, let's see, water, wind, um, stone stance. I think you're right. Stone, water, wind, and moon. And moon. Yeah. So it was just really, it was cool as you, you know, as you unlocked those and, um, and got to see how Jin actually like moved. I mean, cause it was, it really was different. Every single combat move and every single stance was different, but they had a purpose against certain enemies, you know, in, in defense and stuff. So I thought that, I thought that aspect of the combat was actually really cool once I figured it out. <laughs> it might have been Blake who pointed that out because it probably, it probably all the was. time about my stances. <laughs> it probably was. It's either him or, or Jason. 
So I think it may have, might have been both, but yeah. <laughs> a lot of the combat, um, both stealth and Leroy Jenkins combat, just reminded me of like Assassin's Creed games for sure. Like, I don't know how they are now. I haven't played one since Black Flag properly, but um, like Assassin's Creed Revelation, you could do those chain kills. You could do like different types of assassinations and in your fighting, you could change like... You know, you had that dodge mechanic, you had your like evade mechanics, and then you had your like kind of more parrying. And I just loved it. And it, I don't know, I I hold Assassin's Creed Revelations very high for some reason in my list of games. And so the fact that it reminded me so much of that, I was just like, wow, like this is good combat. I really hope Leroy Jenkins combat is a technical term used by the industry now because I want to see that adopted everywhere. <laughs> I'm wondering where Leroy Jenkins is these days. I wonder if he, I hope he gets royalties for some of the times people say Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> that would be cool. Jenkins. Jenkins. I know, right? No, but you're 100% right though because the, the thing that I loved about the combat that it wasn't just hack and slash either. Like, I, and I love mm-hmm. hack and slash, like God of War, that kind of stuff. It's great. But what, the way I kind of described the game's combat to people is that it's kind of reminds me a little bit of the souls games, not in terms of difficulty, but in terms like you have to be a lot more technical than what you would normally be in this type of game where it's just, let me just keep hitting square until they're dead. You can't do that because they block a lot, even on normal and easy difficulty. Mm -hmm. Like they block a lot and then they have, you know, they have, you, you have to time your like if they start blocking you have to wait to parry them or you have to dodge one of their attacks and then go after them one thing i did look up i, I was watching an interview that i thought was interesting was in kurosawa mode where everything's black and white you know in combat there's the different cues like when when there's that little like red glint that you know you have to dodge an attack when there's a blue glint you know you have to parry i believe mm-hmm. um how do you do that in black and white I was wondering and, that. <laughs> so he was, ta- I was, uh, Nate Fox was talking about it and the director of the game, and he was saying how what they did instead was that they used different shapes to connotate what it was supposed to be. So instead of the normal circle, it might be a square or something like that. Um, oh. And also, how do you know when you have explosive barrels in Kurosawa mode? Any other game, you just see red barrels and you're just programmed to think like they've game does game designers have programmed you to be like, oh, that just blow those up. But you can't do that in Kurosawa mode in black and whites. And uh, so what they did was they increased the contrast of the barrels. So that way they would stand out a little bit more compared to the rest of the scenery. And he also talked about how like that kind of inspired him to try to make games more the game more accessible uh so because people are colorblind so it's helpful to have a game that's in black and white because you don't have to worry about that and one thing i thought it was like super interesting that he did to keep like when he's doing the testing when he's testing the game to design uh to further you know iterate and design and whatnot he will actually flip the controller upside down and try to play it upside down because he'll get if he he said if he got too adept at a specific control stream if he got too good at his own game he'll flip the controller upside down and have to play it's essentially everything reversed because now everything's backwards to him and so he would use that as a way to not only kind of reset so that way he's not good at the game anymore so that way he can see what it's like for new players or players who might not have as much gaming experience but also for people who might have physical limitations to being able to hold controllers it was really oh, interesting super cool wow 
I really like I feel that. Like people like that are geniuses. Like I will never be on that level of just like, okay, like, you know, I'm doing the same thing too much and I'm getting too good at it. I'm going to make it insanely difficult. You know, like flipping my controller upside down. I would like, never do that. Are you kidding me? Right. Make it hard. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I love playing games on like easy or normal mode because when you get to a certain point, like I did in Ghost of Tsushima, you're like in God mode. You know, like in the beginning, I definitely was very stealthy when taking on enemy camps and I took my time. By the end of it, I just, I, I Leroy Jenkins it and just ran right in and I'm like, hey, come at me, you know, and I just kill everybody. And it was great. Like I was so powerful <laughs> and I, I had this... so many kunai, you know, just throwing it at everybody. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love the kunai showers where you're just like, I don't want to deal with y'all. And so you just like throw a bunch and then they're all well, dead. And but especially, like, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, it's okay. Well, especially with, with the kunai, like I, I want to say, is it the ghost armor or it's another armor that your your weapons like that are are like buffed? Um, huh. And so you like it's more of a direct uh, kill cool. instead of having to throw like a couple of kunai at, at one enemy. You, um, I can't remember which armor it is, but you like throw it once and it's like an instant kill. That's awesome. I don't know. I haven't gotten that far. That's for sure. But um, I was going to say, this is such a good game. Like if you want to play on easy, it's amazing. Cause yeah, you get to that point of God mode and you can plow through, but then it's also the kind of game that if you want to challenge yourself and like do, you know, if you want to freaking be the ghost of Tsushima and like make your life super complicated and stressful, then yeah, like you can do that and you can have that challenge and feel amazing when you get through a camp <laughs> like so wait sure. Lindsay, how far did you get into the game then so i was enjoying myself so much i got kind of completionist about it and i didn't finish it on time and um well i, only, I, I don't want to spoil anything that's why oh no you can spoil it i have come to this session prepared for spoilers because it's my own we, fault we talked about this before we did. Like, i want to talk about the plot yes and the spoilers so yes you're gonna have so, to be okay yeah i'm okay with the spoilers. plot then well finish what you were oh i just got like two-thirds of the way done so did you make it to the third part of the island like the third oh my god so, so you're oh okay Am there I only is, like halfway? There, is that what there that is means? a death that destroyed me in this game? <gasps> no, you no, know I what I'm talking talk, about. No, I don't want to talk. Let's, about. Well, let's get into it because I want to talk story. Because it, it's not the character you think it is. Is and, it the freaking traitor? Because uh, I, uh, yeah, that was a good twist where I was just like, should we, should we just he's a mess? Do you, do you want to? Are you do sure? You, actually, you know what? It might help you uh, prepare for it emotionally because it just like even my wife was like, you were uh, distraught for like a day and a half about this. Oh, I, I, I cried. I really um, did. You, Is it so, Lady Masako? No. Nope. So you, and in this one segment, you know. basically, you have to escape out of your own uncle's castle. Because he and captures on, you. Because he end. captures you. Because you know you're going against his orders, whatnot. Um, and we'll go. Obviously, we'll go into that whole drama for the. That's the main story, part of the main story. But you ride out, and your horse gets shot a bunch with a bunch of arrows, and you have to keep oh. riding it. And you literally ride your horse into the ground till it dies. I and, was wondering if that was going to happen. <laughs> I was thinking that because like that happens in Red Dead. 
Um, sorry, these are huge spoilers for multiple games. <laughs> yeah, we also did a Red Dead episode, though. We so. did. Oh, it's been out for a while. Yeah. There's another spoiler I'm going to talk about in a second. Finish what you're saying, though. Um, yeah, I I was riding my horse and I was just like, you clearly have such a bond with this horse because when you you know have those like post mission cutscenes with your horse yes, and those are so you know, cute. I I wondered. I was like, I'm getting too attached. <laughs> I just I I that, that destroyed me. It yeah. freaking destroy and because you name your horse and it's it's much more personal and like even the 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 like the whole game one of the things one of the gameplay aspects that they have with it and it kind of ties in with the story as well is when you have to do the haikus or you have to do go into the 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 saunas or the hot springs mm-hmm. because in most other gameplay element in most other games when you have a collectible or you have to travel somewhere they give you some actual you know, maybe combat or maybe a puzzle, but these are nothing like that. They make you reflect on your journey so far. They give, they make, and even if it's not about your journey, the game literally will make you stop and smell the roses and be like, <laughs> here's, here, they'll, and they'll give you a prompt, like, especially for the haikus, it's like reflect on death. And even the interview I watched with Nate Fox, he talks about this, like reflect on death. And they have, you know, the three different things around the landscape for you to reflect on death with. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting because I can't, I can't think I'm sure there's other games that have done this, but I can't think of any where the game will literally stop all gameplay momentum and be like, you reflect on this philosophical aspect of life. Mm-hmm. And it's just very heavy. And that you're that to bring it back to the horse, like that horse is with you the whole time through all of that. Go like it's weird. It's like you're reciting poetry to your horse, I guess. But like it dies. And remember how I said at the beginning of the episode I played this back to back with Last of Us Two? Oh my gosh! And the horse <laughs> dies in that turn. I'm I so was, sorry. I legit like back to back. I went to my wife. I'm like, what the? F-? I, I, I censored myself for your. <laughs> I was so upset. I'm like, thank God my daughter can't understand what I'm saying right now because I was losing it. Oh man! <laughs> and those are these are like two pretty depthy emotional games you've played back to back like yes with all yeah. the emotions of like preparing to be a father <laughs> i can only imagine what that oh, last of us two like. is all about joel and ellie and their parent yeah. and, like, oh, their daughter father. relationship yeah. and mm-hmm. abby's relationship with her mm-hmm. father it's yeah. true you know i real quick on while you're talking about um the haikus and taking like the game basically forcing <laughs> you to like take a minute and, and pause. I, I just thought of a funny thing. So actually, I remember a specific time when I was doing one of Sensei Ishikawa's missions. And we were like walking along getting ready to like prepare for some battle or whatever. And they were like deep in conversation. And I came across a haiku spot that I hadn't discovered yet. And I immediately like went over to it because I mean, I'm right there. And so I just basically like mid sentence. <laughs> Like sensei was like mid sentence. I'm like, hold on, I gotta write poetry. <laughs> so I like go and I do my little haiku thing, and then I like get back to it. It was just so funny. Like it's just like, hold on, time to write poetry. <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> I loved it. It was. I think that's great that the game does that. And I can't think of any other games either that really do that. It's it's a uh, it takes a special kind kind of narrative and gameplay style to be able to do something like that to really make you reflect not just on your journey within the game but even like this sounds cliche as hell but your journey within life. Um, <laughs> it's like but it does like that game really makes you like as um when I was playing this maybe this is a little 
too personal, but like a couple, it, it's not actually, it's not that much, but like uh, last year in 2020, my, both my grandparents passed away and I was playing through this game. So when you're reflecting on death and you're reflecting on a lot of these, like, uh, like these very like extra, like these, um, I can't think of the word I'm trying to say anymore, but yeah, these emotional, like external, uh, life events, it really, it got to me. And even though it was, they hadn't, they didn't die close to when I was playing the game. It was a couple months before, but you know, grief is grief is not a narrow road. So it it just kind of showed up out of nowhere with it. So the game, it, it surprisingly hit me there too, even though I wasn't really expecting it to. I think that a lot of people expect games. I mean, a lot of they expect Ooh. games to be so shallow. Mm-hmm. Um, the passion slash or whatever it was that you, yeah. you said before. They expect you just go in and just like bam, bam, bam. And then, yeah. And like and meaninglessly just- killing and, you know, doing stupid stuff with no reason, no story, no motive. Sorry, I've... Steph. <laughs> no, I was gonna say. I mean, there's important. I mean, it's good to have a shallow, stupid. All our side missions are kind of stupid, silly games. Like, it. There's sometimes you want to hack and slash, and you want to f- people up. <laughs> I did not edit myself. Uh... <laughs> Hi, Zon. Uh... <laughs> I'm a guess. I have to be on my best behavior. <laughs> oh, I burned that bridge ages ago. <laughs> uh... <laughs> but there's times where you have to like. Be on your guard when you're playing games. I mean, you do it with TV too, but like where you have to be like, okay, hey, I'm not in the emotional headspace to do this. And there's several occasions throughout this game where you want to be in the emotional headspace to contemplate the things. And yeah. And animal death is so hard. Cause it's, it's you know, you can't control it. Like at least when it's a human, it's like, well, they made their decision to put themselves in this situation, you know, most of the time. Um, but an animal, you know, you force them into it. So when you force your horse to ride itself to death, so you, you ride your horse to its death, it's like, I did this to this thing. It just, it, it hurts that much worse. Um, no, but you, I agree with you. Cause like um, the, the narrative games, I, there's that, that persistent narrative with people. It's, it's been dying slowly, but that video games aren't high art. Like most people would even agree now video games are art because it's a type of art form. But there's a whole like, is it high art? Is it at the same? Is it revered the same way that, you know, like a Picasso is or like uh, movies are or books or or music or something like that? Mm-hmm. And I always go back to I've said this on my podcast a bunch where uh, if you look at Final Fantasy six or three in the US, there's a section of the game where you meet this character named Cyan and he is the knight for this castle and he is defending this castle he's defending his kingdom his castle from an invasion well the main villain of the game poisons the water supply and completely kills everyone in the castle except for him because he's out fighting including his wife and kid and then after that segment, you have to escape and you escape into the forest and he comes across this thing called uh, all of a sudden they come across this train station in the middle of the forest. Um, I can't remember. I think it's called the Phantom Train and it's the train that takes spirits to the afterlife and he sees his wife and child boarding the train because they, they just happened like two minutes ago. So he's stuck in this like conundrum like this this emotional battle where it's like 
I could live forever with them if I board the train with them, but it's not really his time to die. So he has to, or do I just use the time to say goodbye to them? And it's this really like heavy moment in a 16 bit RPG with little tiny sprites and cute TV characters. But like, you can't tell me video games aren't high art when there's games that are making you think like that, you know? Right. Yeah. And I, I might've talked about this in a previous, but it (laughs) really frustrates me. Um, Essie Hinton, the author of the outsiders refuses to have her books, her books turned into graphic novels because she doesn't see the value of graphic novels, even though it gets more people access to her books. It's more accessible to people who might not necessarily like the con- the format of a of a novel mm-hmm. and it's super frustrating because if you look at some of the other graphic novels like mouse mouse one and two is all about the holocaust and it it watchmen that's pretty heavy f- like it you can't just take a look at like the old superman or og comics or whatever and think that that's what everything and not i mean the old superman comics are great i'm not even trying to like take a slash at that but you can't just take one look one segment of a whole genre and make your opinion off of that so yeah i oh it's so true yeah. It is weird. I guess like where a lot of those critics come from is like, I, I think the line for high art, at least in my opinion, is like, does the art, does the piece of art say something about the human condition? If it does, then I think you could classify it as high art. If it's literally just, um, if for lack of a better term, I love these, but like action movies, you know, like generic popcorn, not all action movies, but like generic popcorn, you know, uh, freaking Rambo you know the the rambo three through whatever (laughs) it's like um those don't really say anything but if you look at like the first rambo it's talking about like ptsd and vietnam veterans and so it's like it's interesting how series can change but it's like something like that like yeah you can maybe make the argument that's not high art but that's still subjective because it's in the eye of the beholder but games and graphic novels like you're saying say something about the human condition and it's like it should be treated more seriously than some people treat it yeah. Well, and I mean, I I talk a lot about The Last of Us Part 2 in our podcast, but like even a really good example of of like a game with a with a narrative like doing that is Last of Us does a really good job of you're thinking that the narrative is this over here, but really as you continue on with the story, you're like, "Wait a second. No, this is what the story is about." And it does such a good job of totally changing your perspective and making you think that, "Hey, wait, this person, this protagonist who we thought was the hero and the good guy and all of this stuff, maybe she isn't. Maybe somebody else is. Or maybe she, you know, like it's just really just kind of just makes you think, you know. And I think Ghost of Tsushima really, you know, kind of bringing it back, you know, they definitely um, did that too. You know, Jin has that inner struggle of, you know, I, I want to be honorable. I, I was brought up this way i want to be a samurai and i want my uncle yeah i want to and but i also want to help save my my people my island and um and and do what i can but you know he has to make some really difficult decisions to to get there and to save everyone and to help you know so it's it's really it it's deep it really is yeah the Mm -hmm. whole idea of like honor and integrity not necessarily but honor versus like uh Successfulness (laughs) Successfulness, <laughs> or like, yeah, like how, yeah, how, um, I can't think of the word I want to use, 
but yeah, how well you can do something, even if it isn't the way. Mm -hmm. I think it's something that we can all relate to, especially like as we are differing from our parents' generations. I think like we, we can feel some of that stuff. Like our parents did something this way and we're kind of changing that narrative. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, that can be a hard thing. Um, So. Cause like, sorry, I cut you off. I was just saying they do a good way. They, they do well in like making you think about these big ideas, but not specifically how they, they, of how it relates to you, but not specifically like just like putting it in your face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more subtle than that. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, uh, in a different interview I was listening to with Nate Fox, he was talking about how the same thing you were mentioning Steph, where it's, it's this conflict between generations where the old samurai guard, it was the idea of like, you have fealty to your Lord and you will die for him. Doesn't matter what it is. But with that in mind, the reason why you always see like, um, in like in Japanese culture, like the code of Bushido and being and it's honorable. It's, it's more honorable to die for your Lord than it is to defeat an enemy for your Lord. And the reason is like, if you die, then your family is literally set for life. Like the Lord will give your family, your, your, your remaining living uh, within your family land and property and a house and stuff like that. So like when a samurai would die for his Lord, his family was set like for life. So that's why they were okay with dying because they knew like it was built into their culture that like when you die for your Lord, the Lord takes care of your family in return, Um, which is a really interesting cultural difference compared to what we're used to in the U.S. by a long, very different than what we're used to in the U.S. It's, I don't know. It it is such a deep game because it is like just kind of returning to what we were saying. Like you realize about bending ethics kind of mm-hmm. like that's a huge core of the story. And a huge theme of the story is, you know, where do my ethics bend and where do my beliefs bend? And what are their stressors? What stresses yeah. are you to bend? And like in, and imagining like, I mean, we've never been through a war like properly. Like we haven't really suffered firsthand the effects of war. I can, comfortably say i haven't but um like on u.s land yeah on u.s land people being ravaged and killed in front of us i can't imagine what that would do to you and especially if you had the power to fight the power to stop it the power to protect where would your ethics bend you know it's Mm -hmm. it's it is a really interesting story well Well, and the oh sorry no no go ahead marley well, and even just the power to influence the people around you, you know, Jin, Jin, you know, he, people looked up to him and they really um, were inspired by him, you know, and he, cause he was able to uh, recruit a lot of different people, you know, through, throughout the story, you know, he makes a lot of friends or comes across old friends to join him in his cause. And because even though, even though he might not have been doing it totally the most like honorable way, they still wanted to follow him because they knew him. They knew that Jin was a good person, that he just wanted to help everybody. Speaking he of which, what's best for his island. Yeah. Exactly. Who was your favorite companion throughout the list? Yeah, I want I was gonna ask Ooh. that. So um, I'll uh, do you wanna go first, Josh? I I actually have to look up her name real quick, but so go ahead with yours while I look up her name. Um, so I, okay, I'll be honest. I loved everybody because I, everybody was so different, but I, I really ended up liking, um, 
let's see. I really liked Lady Masako's missions. She is fierce. Like, my goodness, you do not want to mess with that lady. Like, mm-hmm. at first you kind of see her as like, oh, she's a mother. You know, she's just trying to avenge her son's deaths. But like, man, she is vicious. And it's so <laughs> like, she's a really good like fighter. And like, it's just really fun to kind of to get to know her story. And then on the other hand, one of my favorite people that ever I came across was Kenji. Um, oh. the, the, so- the sake or so- sake. sake. Sake, thank you, um, dealer. Um, because his he was so funny. Like I feel like he was kind of the comedic relief in mm-hmm. in a way in this story. And so it was really fun whenever you came across him. And he didn't have as many story missions as the others, but it was still like a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So it was I definitely liked that comedic relief. Yeah, my faves, Lady Masako for sure. Uh, Blake was like, I could see you going after an entire like group of people someone killed our family i'm like (laughs) so yes i love the idea of being like a badass old lady who like people are kind of afraid of but also beloved that's my life that's totally i could totally see that for for me it was it's yoriko uh the caretaker of sakai of clan sakai and when she, she's the one that teaches you how to poison yes. everybody. Yes. Um, that it, it's weird. I actually avoid games that make me emotional because I don't want to necessarily feel sad. So I, that's <laughs> yeah. why I avoided like last of us two for literally like, even though it came out, like I wasn't dying to play it. I waited literally six or seven months because that first one messed me up so bad. I didn't want, I didn't want to deal with the second one at the moment. Um, but like this, I w- I just wasn't expecting it. The fact that like you go through, it's only a short couple missions that you interact with her, but she teaches you how to poison, how to make poison. And then you start noticing like her mind is going. And as she kind of gets more hazy, she like dies next to you at your, I believe at your parents, um, at your mother's grave right next to her. And mm-hmm. she just is, she just passes away peacefully kneeling at the gravesite. And it's one of the, it was heartbreaking. It, oh my gosh. Yes. Oh, I got, uh, going to get a little emotional. It, yeah. <laughs> it was really, it was a really beautiful scene for sure. I, I wasn't quite expecting it. I mean, you could tell like, yeah, she definitely was really starting to fade, but then as you're just kind of sitting up there and you're both just kind of meditating and talking, you're just like, Oh my gosh, is, did that just happen? Oh, you know, and it was just really powerful. And you just definitely could see, um, again, the influence that Jin, Jin had on people. And I thought even, mm-hmm. even though she was kind of confusing him for his dad, mm-hmm. um, it was still a really nice tender moment for sure. I cut you um, off before Lindsay. Oh, you're fine. Uh, I was going to say Lady Masako as well, but for the sake of, um, not repeating what's already been said. I'm going to say Lord Ishikawa. He was sensei. Yeah. Sensei. Yeah. He was funny. Like yeah. he just is, I really liked his personality. It was unique. It was very lifelike um, to talk to him and to have his little, you know, quips and making, you know, being kind of a smart ass. I really liked that. And I, I enjoyed my missions with him and um, I'm not done with his story yet. So I can't totally get into like any development or whatever goes on, but I just really love that he took in this student that, you know, instead of a Lord, he's just like, I'm going to take in a peasant. Cause she's 
the prodigy. She's talented. I think, yeah, that, I think that's what he says. He's like, you were great with the bow, but she was a prodigy, and that's who I wanted to train. And so, I don't know. I just, I like that he's, like, kind of against the grain, but he's still very traditional old man. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I but Lady Masako for the win. Yeah. Robert the old, wise, cracking old man. It's true. Like, uh, like Iroh. Yeah. Iroh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, Lindsay, I would definitely recommend you finish Sensei Ishikawa's missions. Mm-hmm. There are some really good twists and turns to come. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed his story as well. Um, so keep keep with that one. I will. It's really good. And I have to say, too, like because I was also really impressed with Yuna. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, I loved everybody. Let's just be honest, because yeah. they're all great. even the non-main characters, like yeah. the, the weird side, like the the little side mission characters that had nothing to do with like your main players that help you out throughout the game. Like there were some heartbreaking stories. There's some really good narratives thrown in there. Um, and actually, real quick to your thing, Lindsay, about um, uh, Ishikawa's thing, just a little fun fact with archery in the game. They actually designed, they actually, the attention to detail is nuts where when you draw a bow, like most Europeans, they draw it straight back, right? The Japanese, they don't do that. They go from the top down and pull it, if that makes sense. Oh, like so almost like in a triangle, right? Mm -hmm. Versus just straight back. Um, And that was something that they paid, they had attention to detail. So when you, if you watch, when you draw a bow, it's not just pulling it straight back like you would see someone from England do. It's, like coming from the top down it's really interesting that is interesting yeah the details so many details in this game i Um, I love it is this something that i just made up or were they thinking about not doing japan they were thinking about doing another place before they decided on doing oh that sounds loosely familiar like i think they were worried about um yes and they didn't want to yes. like <laughs> make okay. the same game, but I do remember reading something about that, and then they're like, "No, we got to stick with our story." And but I swear well, I'm glad okay. they did. In my well, mind, yeah. <laughs> and I could be making this up on the fly. They're like thinking about doing Vikings because, yeah, you're right. They didn't want to do like another Sekiro. But how many freaking Viking games are there? Shut so. Up, <laughs> yeah, no, Stephanie. I think you're right. I think I remember coming across that fun fact and. Also, just being super impressed with the game developers actually taking the time to go to Japan and like mm-hmm. go to the place and be like, no, we want to actually be here. We want to study it. We want to like really immerse ourselves so that we can make this amazing game for people mm-hmm. and, 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 and have it as accurate as possible. And happy outcome helping the tourism of the actual Shishima. Yeah, Which did you see the the article that they actually like the fans of the game actually helped, donated money to save a Tori gate on the island of Tsushima? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to mention that because like they created that community of people who care and people yeah. who want to preserve this beautiful culture, and um, like that makes oh, me so it's happy. just amazing. <laughs> and I know it's like so wholesome and lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and, and if it weren't for these these games, these stories being told, like, I don't know, but I, I wouldn't, I probably would have, I didn't know, I don't think I even knew that this place really existed. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. just kind of, it's just way over on the other side of the world. You know, they're just doing their thing. I'm doing my thing. But I think that's what's also so great about um, video games is that we can, it, it helps us to learn about other cultures. Mm-hmm. Educational also- games, man. 
They're the best. It also, um, it's one of the only Western developed games to ever win Game of the Year in Famitsu, which is the Japanese gaming publication. Like, no oh, Western games score well over there. Like, barely any. This mm-hmm. one won, I believe, won Game of the Year in Famitsu, which is insane because that just, that never happens. Like, it's they they were so impressed by the Japanese sensibilities within the game that it won that's that's nuts to me that's that's i to me that's the highest honor when the japanese game magazine is like giving it glowing reviews mm-hmm. and not like you've offended us deeply <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> don't tell us how our culture is because you have known like i have no idea and you disrespected uh... it you know but yeah there could have been much worse outcomes but it it did so well and it inspired so much are you ready to rate it I think it's going to be pretty dismal based on our conversation. <laughs> I don't know. I like, I want to talk more about the plot, but I also, I don't know. There's just so much more to it. And the well, like, is really I was just going to cool. say, what do, what else did you want to bring up about it? Like, what was a point we haven't <sighs> talked about? Cause like, there's so many different, like we are, we've all played it. Everyone's going to come at it from a different perspective. Well, I mean, Lindsay hasn't played this part yet though, but it's, it's the very end when, I mean, Spoiler alert, you face mm-hmm. your uncle, like, in a very intense emotional battle. Side note, the duels are awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. But keep going. But, oh, my goodness. Like, I, I feel like that scene was very emotional, too. Like, yeah, there was a lot of other things, of course, that happened that we talked about. But, like, because you don't, <laughs> you don't want to. But you feel like you should because he's wanting, he's like wanting nothing to do with you anymore. Like he is to the point where he's like, I have to kill you. You have to die, you know? And so you're like, well, what do I do? And like that scene also, uh, the imagery and the, the scene and everything was beautiful, guys. I took so many screenshots during that moment. It just like, like he's like walking, like there's like a long staircase and he's like walking down. And like, I was just like screenshot, 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 like just over and over again, because it was also just really stunning of a, of a finale. You know, it was, it was amazing. And I'm really excited for you to get to that part, Lindsay. And also I'm going to tell you, they're going to make you make a decision. I did, did read about that. Not? Oh, did you? Yeah. Did anyone kill their uncle? I didn't. Did I kill him? <laughs> Marley? <laughs> Out of context quote right there. I can't remember. Did I kill him? <laughs> I, I, think I, even, I think I spared him. I, I don't think even I think Blake did. And Blake is known to just like kill people kill people. Yeah. I, I think I did whatever Blake did. Cause I remember talking to him about it afterwards. Because I, I finished the game before my now fiance Jason, because we were both kind of playing it at the same time, but I finished it before him. And so we couldn't talk about it yet. So I remember messaging your husband and I'm like, ah, what did you? And he's like, what did you choose? <laughs> I what What's so poetic about it too, is that the first time you meet your uncle is in a flashback cutscene, and you're training in the exact location that you have the final duel. Yes. And with all these red petals, once again, using color as a landmark, these this beautiful red tree, like these petals flying down, like just floating down everywhere. It's very cinematic. Like they do such a good job of like really making, even when you're, like you were saying, Marley, even when you're not in photo mode, it's just so cinematic. Like you can't help but be like, this is, this is a movie. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm playing a movie. Not to Bro. be that, that oh. person, but um, playing it on the PS5 is ridiculous. Oh. <laughs> 
jealous. Oh, oh, I'm so rich. <laughs> so, real, real quick before we finish up, too. I'm actually curious, Josh. Have you played much of the online mode? No, I've. I'm not an online person because I don't like people. No, I just I don't like. Um, fair. That's very no, fair. I don't. I don't like multiplayer stuff because I either am bad at it or I get competitive and become a person. So I'd rather just cut the whole thing out. Um, Even the if only- you're playing with friends. Yeah, it's okay. it's I get it. I think it's like one of those things. There's um, this is a little bit of a side tangent, but I, I, I find it a little interesting. People who get mad at games are generally like who have a little or people who have a little bit of skill in something and they think they're better than they actually are. And I'm very much that category. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking, I was I was watching this um like this. It was at a convention. This guy, it was at a panel at a convention. He was talking about how like when you're looking at the skill levels of all players in a, in a online community, right? In a multiplayer online community, generally the top two thirds are fine. It's the middle of the bottom third are the worst people in the world because they are just good enough to know that they're good at the game, but not nowhere near the top so they have poor heuristic skills as he says where it's like you you do bad at gauging your actual skill level so when you start sucking you blame everyone else because you know that you're good and you (laughs) so then you get really mad at people for either not being as good as you or being better than you um and i don't get that way with like like smash brothers i know i'm bad at it so i don't mind that but i literally play right into that like if i'm okay at a game then i think i'm better than i actually am so i just kind of cut it out i'm like (laughs) Just nope, get rid of it. I know myself, don't want to deal with it. You know, I I think that's that's smart. You know, like if you know that that's how you are and that you you know you don't want to put yourself in those situations, like that's I think that's very um, emotional intelligence. Is that is that what the term yeah. I'm thinking of? Anyways, but I do have to say though, with the online mode, um, I, I haven't played like a whole ton of it. Um, I want to play more, but there is actually like these fun like story missions that you can do and you can do them by yourself you don't have to to do them with anybody else but those ones are really cool so like if you want a little bit more lore about like the uh uh uh, what is the what's the scary samurai monster thing called um shadows die twice no 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 it's like a creature it's like a mythical creature like a giant yeah an oni thank you so there, there's more like um, Legend of the Oni, like you get to kind of um, get like dive deep into more of the um, Japanese lore and stuff. And it's really cool. Um, I want to do more. So anyways, it's if you want to, like, I think I'm pretty sure like you can play by yourself. So like if you I want give to it a kind shot. of dive it deep cool. into that, um, I would recommend doing that. But yes, there is online mode. Like and in online mode, your you're playing against a computer and not uh, you're playing with other people, but not against other people. Oh, I could do yes. that. Yeah. I don't mind that. It's when it's against other people that I get don't. I'm not a good person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot about that. Yeah, it is. You're playing against. Yeah, I could definitely do that. And it's even even when I'm like that, it's never like I start yelling at people. It's just I can feel the anger in me. So I start hating the time I'm having. And it just it's not it's not a good time it's not fun at all um, the other reason i don't play online though yeah. is because i'm cheap and i don't feel like paying i could just play online for free on my pc but you have to pay for playstation plus and xbox oh, f that I, i've been fair. against that ever since I, I understand why i just I don't know, it bothers me 
I was going to say, don't play Red Dead Online then, the showdowns, because knowing how you, you just, how you, you know, you're explaining how you are and stuff with games. Well, it's weird because when it's massive multiplayer, I think it works a little bit better. Like, I loved World of Warcraft. Loved Mm -hmm. World of Warcraft. Even when I played PvP in that, it was fun. I think it's when it's like condensed, like, death matches whether it's in like halo or whether I, I play a lot of rts's whether it's like i should say a lot i like to play rts's i'm really bad at them um <laughs> but like if it's like starcraft or something i get especially against my friends i get really competitive and that's when i don't like it but when it's like massive multiplayer it's like i'm just one cog in a thousand different wheels so it's well, like they, I, don't, I don't mind it right but they have like mini games like okay like that so if you're ever gonna play red dead online stay away from those <laughs> good to know good to know because they frustrate the crap out of me and Lindsay and our other friends that we play with. Like I like them, but I also like, I totally know what you mean because you just get so like angry and yeah. Anyways, tangent let's <laughs> anything else that you guys wanted to talk about Ghost of Tsushima before we do our rating. <laughs> Stephanie, I got all, I, I went through all my stare. notes, went through all my notes. So I'm good. Oh, awesome. Okay, let's do our rating. So we do ours out of five cupcakes, five being the the highest. He knows what's up. He already even has a plan. Yeah, I got in. Oh, okay. So, do one of us want to go first then, or I'll go. Yeah. Go okay, for let's it, see. Okay, you guys. I know I haven't beaten the game yet, but I just know um, this is a five red velvet cupcake game. Woo-hoo! I couldn't. I could not speak higher, more highly about this game. Cause like, it's just everything we said, you know, go, go play it. It's okay to play it on easy. It's okay to play it on hard. It's okay to play it. However you want to play it. Just go play it. Amen. Agree. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to echo that. I give it like a 4.8 cupcakes. Just Who to took add that a- point two bite. Yeah. You know, just to Someone throw put in... their like fingernail in the frosting and just, <laughs> just stuck their thumb. But in. no, it's fantastic. <laughs> um super like there's so much play replayability to it too. And you get a pet boxes. Like that's like that's, yeah. <laughs> that is true. How have we how have we not talked about we that? We haven't talked now. about the foxes. You get to pet <sighs> them and it's so wholesome and lovely. It's so true. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Um, I'll go next. So I, I give it a five out of five. Definitely. This, this game really surprised me with how much I loved it and enjoyed it and actually wanted to do side missions. And as I mentioned before, like it was, it was so much fun to really dive deep into this game and get to know some characters, get to know the story. And, um, Again, like as soon as I figured out the combat, I was liking it so much more. (laughs) And so it definitely helped to have some friends who had played it already that could um, give me some tips and stuff. So that was awesome. I am sad, though, that it took me so long to play it because I I came out in July and I didn't start it until I want to say the end of December, early January. That's when um, I did too, yeah. Yeah, so I I just I regret not playing it sooner, but I was also very much on the Last of Us Part 2 train last summer, so that was my own anyways. That's another story, but yeah, I <laughs> I I definitely like think yeah, like cuz Ghost of Tsushima was um nominated for Game of the Year with the Game Awards and it's very much deserved that spot for sure. I know. It was like a like a we had a divided household. <laughs> yeah. Budding heads for the game awards. Ghost of Shishima, Last of Us, 
especially me and Steph's husband. We're both just like, <laughs> but I mean, I feel like that's deserve it. Both of the games are fantastic. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It was great. I highly recommend it to everybody. Um, as for me, I also give it a five out of five, but instead of cupcakes, I I'm going to go, I'm from the East coast. So I'm going to go with something local and there is a donut chain. It's not even local to me anymore. It's more over in like Maryland and like I'm in, I'm in Pennsylvania, but, uh, I love donuts. So I'm going to go with five out of five fractured prune, a hot Oreo donuts. Fractured prune is a chain of donut stores that make freaking the best donuts i've ever had in my life and they have flavors like i'm this is not my not a sponsor but it could be my not a sponsor <laughs> um it's uh but they do like I, I i love the hot oreo ones they have like cafe mocha they have one Ooh. called mrs prunella which is like this like uh like this blueberry i forget what the glaze is it's really good but they make them all fresh and it's it's the like the best donuts i've ever had in my life so five I out love, of five hot Oreo donuts from the Fractured Prune. I mm. love gourmet donuts. Um, oh my goodness. I'm going to just drop this so that we can see what's going on. Oh, hello. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We are looking at some beautiful oh donuts with I'm like ample sprinkles and caramel beautiful kiss, colors. Chocolate covered cherry. <laughs> oh, Blueberry yeah. Hill's really good. Oh my goodness. They also have Rolo ones. Oh yum! Oh my okay, gosh. um, you also, guys, I haven't eaten dinner yet, and it's like almost ten. <laughs> we can't look at this. <laughs> there's one in St. George. <gasps> yeah. Okay, that's like okay. that's like four four and a half hours away from where we live, so it's a little bit closer than Pennsylvania. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I don't. That's fine. That's a long. That's a longest drive over here. <laughs> I know um, I, I had no idea they had one all the way out near you guys. I just assumed it was all like because there used to be one within like two hours of me and then it closed down. There was actually one within 40 minutes of me and they closed down. Um, oh, but no. all, all of the ones that I know of now are over on like the coast over on the, the shore or whatnot over in Maryland and New Jersey and whatnot. So I don't feel like driving all the way out there to, to get the donuts. It has to be a special occasion. But uh, yeah, I love these donuts. So I can't give a game a higher compliment than fractured prudent donuts and i'm moving it five out of five fractured prune donuts that's yes. amazing it love deserves it. it it's a good game i love it it's a good donut <laughs> <laughs> now i'm donuts. hungry i know all right you guys you know what it's time for net then not, not a sponsor should we do guests first Boop. All right, I got one. Um, so I kind of have one that I'm going to try to. Uh, I'm my first, my I have two, I guess I should say. One is Modern Family because my wife and I have been watching Modern Family, I've never seen it before. Um, I'm catching it bits and pieces, and that's the more common one. The other one I want to shout out is Emo Kev. <laughs> um, do you guys have you guys ever watched like Clerks or you know Kevin Smith's library of movies and whatnot? Oh, uh, like a little, like very little, but yeah. We saw Kevin so, Kevin Smith live before the pandemic, and he was fantastic. I'm a gigantic Kevin Smith nerd. I love his stuff, even his bad stuff. I find enjoyment somewhere Isn't in that it. Mall rats. Uh, mall I rats? love yes. Mall, mall rats, rats is one of, of those. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so Emo Kev is a saga on his podcast called Smodcast is the name of his podcast. And it was from like 2012. It's behind a paywall and everything. But he found audio tapes of him as a 20 year old biking around in New Jersey, just saying his thoughts out loud. And it's the most emo stuff you've ever heard. Like there's literally a moment on it where he go, he's talking about a, a, his love life. He goes, love. That's the case. A 24 karat case of love. <laughs> And it's like the, the <laughs> cheesiest thing I've ever, and him and his friend just rip it apart. Like they make fun of himself, like 20 year old version That's of himself. Fantastic. It's legit. One of the fun, funniest things I've ever listened to, but while simultaneously it like helped me through my quarter life crisis when I was listening to it. So like it was equally hilarious and therapeutic. So emo Kev is my, uh, not a sponsor. I might have to check that out or send my husband that way. If you, so you it's, have, a, it's a podcast then? Yeah. Unfortunately, those episodes are behind his fan club paywall. You have to pay like $5 a month to get it. So if you like Kevin Smith, give it a, get, send $5, just download all of them and then unsubscribe for the month. But um, <laughs> it's, it's, I love his stuff. But if you don't like Kevin Smith, which his stuff is polarizing to say the least. That's um, That's yeah, fair. I love it, but it's very polarizing. And I get it. It's weird. It's very weird. Um, During my maternity leave, I watched Modern Family. And I actually just finished this series on Saturday. But Ty Burrell, who plays Phil, Phil, lives in Utah and owns like five different restaurants in Utah. Really? Yeah. He owns like Bar X, Copper Bottom Inn. And it's a couple of bars and locations that like were going to be demolished and he's come back and tried to revamp them and save them. So he's, he sounds like a cool dude. Cool. Yeah. Who's next? I'll go next. Okay. You go next. I was going to do a podcast. uh, I was going to do stolen, which is about um, the search for a murdered indigenous woman named Mm -hmm. Jerome um, Charlo. Check it out because it's really good. But I'm actually going to do myself because I got number one first place um, on Tetris 99, which is a life accomplishment for me. I feel very proud of it. I've gotten some high scores before, but never once did a first placer until Friday. So, And we need to post the picture she sent us. On social media, because it is the most fantastic (laughs) text I've ever been given. It was just like the screenshot of her getting number one. And then like this smug, like, yes, I am a god. (laughs) 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 Photo. Bow to me. It was great. (laughs) So great. I love it. Um, You done? I'm good? Yeah, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Just want to make sure. Um, Yeah, I want to go next. So I'm actually going to do a book. I'm really excited about this. I haven't finished it yet, but it's a book that I'm really excited about because actually my my other best friend, I mean, you guys are obviously my best friends, but my other best friend who's also named Lindsay, she wrote a book. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> I know, I'm used to it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but anyways, she she wrote a book and it's called An Absolute Bloody Disaster by Lindsay Clement. And it's, it's a, it's a fantasy fiction um, novel actually about vampires, which sounds really silly, but like, if you like that genre, if you like that kind of stuff, then I'm, I'm not even like 50 pages in the book and I'm already so like impressed with how well written it is and, and how she also, um, they're not, they're not the, the stupid um, vampires from uh, Twilight. They're actually like, they don't sparkle. 
Yeah, no, they're actually like real, like scary, like pretty violent vampires. And so it's just kind of, you know, it's anyways, if you're like into that genre at all, um, if you're a fan of like vampire diaries and stuff, then you would love this book. Um, I, but yeah, I have to give a shout out to her because she's been working so hard on this book and she's even like self-publishing it and everything. So I, yeah, I, I recommend it. It's not, it won't be released until October. I actually have an ARC copy. So <laughs> I've been reading that. But anyways, it's called An Absolute Bloody Disaster. And it's by Lindsay Clement. So watch for it coming out in October. Yeah, I plan on getting a, a copy. Should. I, I should too. I saw a meme about how vampires should be into more stupid, <laughs> like stupid hobbies. Because they've been alive for how many years and they have to keep themselves occupied, like tapestry weaving or like uh, <laughs> training. I actually have a funny story. Dogs and like that. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. What? So, yeah. so my I brother, agree. my brother is an aspiring actor. He's uh, he's he does plays and stuff like that. But he also gets small roles every now and then in, in like indie films. Well, he got a very small role. He, he played the younger version of the main character. He showed up in like a scene. But uh, in a movie called Blood Runners, which is basically prohibition, but plus vampires. That's cool. And it's vampires running the booze trade and whatnot. Um, a pretty, oh my, it's Ice T. Ice T is in it. No way. He didn't meet Ice T. He didn't have any scenes with Ice T, but he got, he's technically in, credited in a movie with Ice T, which I got, I went to the premiere with him in Philly when it came out. So, Blood Runners, that's also not a sponsor thing, but sure, (laughs) it's an old movie. (laughs) I love it. I wrote it down. I'll have to look at, check it out. It's, uh, it's, uh, he, I love my brother. He was good in it. The movie is pretty silly, just to, it, 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 I mean, it's vampires and the prohibition. What do you really expect? Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. That's awesome. Lindsay. Uh, my auto sponsor is a TV show called Wrecked. And it is a TV show kind of parodying Lost. Um, but then it just parodies like island drama in general. It is hysterical. Hysterical. Um, we, me and my fiance have been watching it and we finished it a few weeks ago and it's made me cackle a good amount, but it's got a little bit of drama too. So you're invested and you're like, I, what, what's going to happen? Are they going to get off the island? You know, or are they going to go back to the island or you know, what's going to happen? And it's just so funny. Like, and it's so dark and the humor is zero to a hundred all the time. Like, I don't want to spoil anything, but just to give you like a little clip of the humor, there's this guy and he's like, I'm free for the first time in my life. Cause he's been trapped in a cruise ship for like six months. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he starts like jump roping on the, on the like beach and then a landmine goes off. <laughs> and it's like, like, like I said, it's just zero to a hundred. <laughs> oh like my what gosh. just happened? It's but it's dark. so funny. It's like some tropic thunder level stuff. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's so funny though. So as someone who actually likes the show lost, would I like I this? Too. Would I like this show? You would, I think you would, but you would want more lost references like I did, but oh, there okay. are some that I'm just like, Oh man. Like it's it's great. Like what's it on? Um, we watched it on uh HBO Max, I think, or Prime. I can't remember. 
I, he, he handled the remote too. Yeah, just go Google it and see where it's at. I'm like, I have your HBO it. Max, so there we go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I can't remember what streaming service it was on, but it was really funny and a good, like, dramedy to watch. Sweet. So, yeah. Happy 100th, guys. Happy yeah! 100. Yay! 100 episodes! I can't believe it. it. I'm putting the banner up again. Yay! Yay. <laughs> we started in um, October 2018, and now look at us. We survived a now pandemic. Almost. Um, <laughs> a divorce. Two babies. A boyfriend. Two, two engagements. How many jobs? <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> And we, we're still here and we're still playing games and that's what's important. And we still like each other, which is also important. That's the most important. Seriously though, like congrats on a hundred episodes because uh, referencing back to Kevin Smith, uh, if you do a hundred of anything, you're committed. Like nobody, like how many people start podcasts and quit after five episodes? You're going on a hundred. That's impressive like no one no one keeps pushing if they're not enjoying it so it props to you to all of you because it's like i like i said uh off mic yesterday or whatever um we i found you guys through a podcasting app and i liked i liked what i heard and also there's not a lot of girl gaming podcasts and you guys make quality content so like keep it all keep up the good work this is why we brought you you on josh I legit was so nervous. I'm like, they're bringing me on there for the hundredth. I'm like, we are literally meeting for the first time (laughs) behind the scenes here. I'm like, I hope I don't do anything stupid. I think it was a great 100th episode. We talked about an awesome game. We talked with a cool bunch of people. What more can you ask for? It's true. And hopefully we'll do a hundred more. Let's do it. Here we go. In the meantime... Grab a friend. Grab a friend. <laughs> Eat some cupcakes. And, and play some video games. Yay! Thanks for listening, you guys. Bye. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production. Woo!